0: Episode 346, How to Fear Less, Part 2. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless. I'm Adam Lewis-Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and bestselling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you Together we are stronger. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com forward slash book. Please get over to Awaken Your Alpha Tales and Tactics to Thrive. The book is out. Get to the podcast. This compilation is the longest and most value packed episode of Awaken Your Alpha ever done. Enjoy. Episode three, four, six, how to Fear less, part two, the summary the highlights of Fearless Week 2019. And Firstly, I wanted to, you know, just touch base and uh, let you know if any of you have been wondering where I've been. I've been here. Some of you would have seen or watched or been involved in Fearless Week inside Awaken up with ALW, my Facebook community. Did lots of video interviews and a whole online summit completely free to consume and lots of extra value inside that Facebook community. So if you have been listening to the podcast, for all these years or just come across it new today please do jump in there it's a group I've had since the start so almost 5 years coming now so I'm doing adding lots and lots of value in there constantly and um, so it's really really good to get some great people in there so this week I was never never planned to do a podcast of this uh, but it's just so much value that was shared I can't help myself uh, I was largely as well doing this as part of research for Books in the future I'm doing this a compilation of, just to give you some real good value, and the variation is the key here. Um, once I started editing the first episode and putting a little bit in here, I was going to put sort of like five ten minutes of four or five um, pieces on different viewpoints that I think will go really useful and really well together, but also um, some practical insights and things that maybe you can apply into your life and then will be once this is done we're straight back into the normal. Back to the normal service resumes for 2019. Um, and as usual, the big, the big focuses for me in 2019 are book publishing and TEDx speaking. So if 2019 is your book year, please do reach out and, and we can talk about how I can potentially help you with that and the same with the TEDx mindset and speaking around you know, publishing book or becoming a writer, becoming a bestseller, becoming a keynote speaker, becoming a you know TEDx speaker. Anything around these aspects, and obviously the podcast is a foundation for me, um, please do reach out to me and I can point you in the right direction or potentially we can jump on and I can help get you some clarity, you know, certain areas of your life and aspects and how you can really attack 2019. So I'll pass over to my first guest and I'm sharing about five guests here. Please do feedback, jump inside the Facebook community and let me know and also the guests that are featured here what you thought of this And uh, as I say, jump in that group and there's um, lots of value to add in there. And if you want to take it a step further, the arena, which is launching, which is my online coaching and support community with direct group coaching access to me and lots of resources beyond the podcast and to get full access to the entire fearless summit and resources and the resources from the best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha and everything I I do, um, please do. Reach out and um, make sure you're connected, and I will keep you in the loop. All right, enjoy. David Shepard is an NLP master trainer. That's neural linguistic programming, if I can speak. And I like him described the trainer's trainer, and that makes sense once we dig into this. We're going to talk about obviously about fear, but specifically fix your mind and some legendary stuff. Again, that makes sense in a minute. But David. Um, Thanks for joining us today.
1: It's a pleasure. Good to see you again.
0: Awesome. Oh, and David was also featured in the book to give you an idea of, you know, the sort of where I hold him. You know, I've interviewed lots of people, not that many made it into the book. So, fear, firstly, David, how do you define fear? What is fear to you in general? Because I know you've studied this from so many different angles over many years.
1: I don't know if you know this, but in 1992, uh, I set up a company that did uh, firewalk seminars in the UK, one of the first people to bring firewalk seminars to the UK, even before Tony Robbins, you know. Um, and uh, we used to do this, um, uh, I can't remember what the, uh, uh, after I look. What, what it was called, either fear into action or fear into power, or something like that. And one of the things we had was with, with fear, uh, and you've probably heard it before, this acronym of uh, false evidence appearing real. Um, and, uh, you know, that doesn't mean to say that people don't feel fear, mm. um, but a lot of people think that their fear is real, uh, and it's justified. Um, and you know, in actual fact, you know, it's, it's, it's all created in our, in our mind and, you know, it's probably the, one of the biggest enemies to personal success uh, whether that be in business, whether it be in our in our personal relationships, whatever it is, one thing that holds people back more than anything else is this thing called fear. Um, or you know you might want to, but you know we can broaden it out. I think um, with different words, um, you know. So we've got fear, but then also, you know, another word for it would be scared, uh, terrified. Um, But also, if you looked at what some people might call fear of the future, then you bring in things like anxiety, you bring in things like panic, you know, panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Yeah. And so, uh, one of my other businesses is called Fix My Mind, which is a a, a therapy business. And we've seen a, a huge increase in the number of people coming to us for specifically anxiety and panic and these are people that you know probably everybody around them thinks they've got their life sorted you know that a lot of them are very very successful they look like they've got it sorted on the outside you know and on the inside they're quaking in their boots um, and you know some people just think that's the way it is and you've got to live with it you've got to deal with it um, some people then you know find people like like us um, and they go, I, I want to get rid of it. Mm. And, uh, and you know, the-, the crazy thing is, it's actually possible to get rid of it really,
0: really quickly. Oh, so you definitely we're going to touch on that and give us more, more. Um, actually, let's dig straight into that because I mean, that's such a yeah. for me, that's such a hook, such a tantalising thought around that. So I mean, again, I know it's I know you said quickly, and I'm not expecting you to people to watch this 20 minute thing and it be done. But what is kind of some of the key points around actually? you know, working on fear and dealing with anxiety?
1: I think a real key thing um, is realizing um, that the fear isn't created by something outside of you. You know, so let's say that somebody comes to me uh, or one of our other fixers in Fix Your Mind um, and they have a, a fear or even a phobia of public speaking. Then... You know, I can have them get that phobia and get that fear of public speaking in my office. I.e. when they don't have an audience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just the audience in their mind and the fear comes up. Whereas a lot of people go, it's the audience that creates the fear. Or if somebody's got a phobia of spiders, for instance, they think it's the spider, but I can have them get the phobic response without a spider being there. So therefore the whole thing, the fear, the anxiety, is all created inside of us. And that's the big leap that people have got to make mentally. Because as soon as you realize it's inside of you, it's got nothing to do with an audience, it's got nothing to do with a spider, it's got nothing to do with Brexit.
0: Yeah, well then you can gain an, an element of control, or at least a little bit more control, yeah, bring it into that sphere, yeah.
1: It's our response
0: to it, yeah. Um,
1: now that we can change that we can learn how to change and and it is a matter of learning how to do it it's not that me or one of my fixers can take somebody's fear away or take their anxiety away what we do is we teach them how to take their own fear away take their own anxiety away and of course once they've once they've done that one is you know the absolute the biggest response we get is an absolute disbelief in that you know quite often they come in they've had this anxiety or these panics for what they would consider being all of their life and it's gone in 10 minutes um, so then the biggest challenge that they have is well how can that be how, how can it go so yeah to, accepting well, yeah had it for years and then it's just gone you know <laughs> you go well has it gone or not yeah it has well, yeah. you know
0: once you've identify that someone's got control of that their response to the the situation or the fear what is uh one of the sort of tactics or some one of the processes or something you do within that you know 10 20 minutes or to yeah. start that so one i
1: really i can share really really quickly um you know just in this in this brief, yeah. brief chat um is that um we've got two ways that our nervous system works there's sympathetic nervous arousal uh, which is like the stress response, um, or it might be some even fight or flight, mm-hmm. um, where literally um, you go into uh, sympathetic nervous arousal, um, the, your digestion shuts down, uh, your blood is taken away from the surface and goes to the, to the core because you're ready to, to fight. Yep. And quite often what happens with people is their fear and their anxiety overrides that. So it has them go into sympathetic nervous arousal where in actual fact, there's no real threat. Um, And and there's parasympathetic nervous arousal, which is the relaxation response, um, where the the blood goes to the surface, the heart rate comes down, the breathing rate comes down, it moves from high up in the the chest down to the abdomen, uh, and their facial muscles relax. So And also there's a relationship when people go into that uh, stress response, their vision shuts down and they go into foveal vision. They focus on the one thing that they believe is the cause of their fear or their anxiety. Whereas when we're in parasympathetic nervous arousal, we're actually in peripheral vision. We're aware of everything around us, both above us, below us, and off to either side. So we can actually do what you might call like almost like a neurological hack um, in our body. That as soon as we realize that we're going into stress things as as we realize we're going into fear right we've identified the trigger then we put ourselves into peripheral vision uh we force ourselves to pay attention to the outside here you know right out at 180 yep. degrees. but also what's above you and what's below you and also relax the muscles in your jaw um because when people go into into uh, foveal vision, they tend to tense this area up here, tenses up the shoulders and the, in the neck. So if you force yourself into the opposite, then what happens is the fear and the anxiety disappear, uh, because it's like try to ram a square peg into a round hole. Uh, if you're in peripheral vision, uh, and you're in parasympathetic nervous arousal it's impossible to actually run fear and anxiety and stress in the system at the same time. Wow. So that's a real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I neural, love it. logical
0: hack. Yeah. It's interesting. And one thing that, that sprung to mind, and this is going like, to sound like I'm dumbing it down. I love that. But one thing when you said as well about, you know, peripheral vision and focusing on the fear and stuff like that, is there any link? And, and is this just an old wives' tale But where, where, you know, for example, a rally driver going off a corner and there's one tree in terms of focusing on that tree that they fear And then, bang, they hit it. As opposed to, so is that linked to what you know? There's some, you know, actual science and theory behind that. Is that, or am I off the point there? No, no, not at all. So your
1: your neurology is designed to give you what you focus on. Yeah. So you're quite right. You know, and um, if you've ever been in on an advanced driving course, where they put the car into a skid, you know, they press a button. Yeah. And it literally skids. Now, technically, that car is now out of control. What most people do when that car goes out of control is they look around for what they don't want to hit. And they look at the thing they don't want to hit. Yeah. Like a tree, right? And the car, out-of-control car, skids towards the tree. Whereas <clears throat> then once you train to do this, and it's just about retraining your attention, the car goes into a skid. Let's say there's two trees. You put your attention between the trees, and <laughs> this out of control car will literally skid between the trees. Yeah. Uh, it's part of obviously rally drivers are training that. It's also a part. I was working with a client who's a helicopter pilot, and uh, you know told him told him about this in the session I did with him, and he goes, "We're trained to do that as a helicopter pilot because." You know, a helicopter is permanently out of control, it's permanently unstable. Um, So we're taught to always focus on where we want the helicopter to go. Because wherever you put your attention, the helicopter will go there. Um, So it's part of the same same training. Your neurology is trained to take you where you've put your attention.
0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of Fearless Week. This episode, I'm so excited to have this one because this for me is like the origin of a lot of things. We have Ryan Lee on the line and uh, you're going to have his bio there, but just to give you a bit of background, the first ever event I went to of any sort of anything was in 2008. I just hmm. screwed my knee. I was literally booked onto, I didn't know anything about, it, booked onto fly across to New York. To see this, be involved in this event. My knee was like a coconut. I think I ended up getting rugby tackled on the stage with
2: Ryan Lee. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> that was you, where we I uh, had a contest. Yeah, you had to run up against something. Yeah, that's and right. I like, hobbled up and got taken out. <laughs> I think Zach Evanesh took you out or something.
3: Yeah,
0: Ryan Lee. If you're not aware of him what has always impressed me is his ability to reinvent and just keep moving, but just keep giving value consistently, regardless of the the changes. And we're going to talk about rewind bars is a new thing in the last year or so. He's got a very cool office. So I'm glad this is a video uh, interview as well. Um, Ryan, thank you for being here. Please feel free to add to your bio. What are you all about?
2: Well, I appreciate it. it's good to see you. And I do remember, you coming to that event, I remember because you had the knee injury, and you wanted to come out and see us more, and you couldn't make it work with all the timing. Um, I remember it well. For the past, I don't know, decade, I've been teaching more general entrepreneurship. I didn't start off wanting to do that. It just kind of happened. Um, but I, I started off like like health and fitness industry. That was my passion. And I've, I've sort of come back to that one of my own health issues, diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder a couple of years ago, had gained a lot of weight, um, and I turned it around. And now I start up a new health company to take care of my own needs, just with it, starting with the nutrition bar, a super bar. And that's what, that's what I'm really focused on now. I still do some entrepreneurship coaching a little bit here and there, um, some, some small little workshops, but just enjoying time and uh, enjoying a lot of time, as much time as possible with my wife and my four kids. And now I get to talk to you from, from my Rewind headquarters. It's the first time I've had a oh. physical space in years. As
0: soon as I saw Ferris Bueller in the background and Back to the Future, you had me. That is oh, a, yeah. I love it. Oh, you got the, is that the breakfast club in the behind your head? Bre-
2: oh, yeah. Breakfast oh. club. And I got some arcade machines right over there oh, as well. Man. Talking about
0: fear. And I'm just, you reminded me of something. And straight away, obviously, fear generally is kind of, ing- you remember it very clear because you was very present. And obviously, as it made you sit up. And I completely forgot until you mentioned it, you know, when I saw Ryan in that first um, event back in 2008 and I, I signed up to the boot camp there and then I was like all in in cause I was like, I need, I wanted to you know change paths at that point. And I remember now crystal, the fear associated because I didn't know how screwed my knee was at that point. And so I signed up to his mastermind where it was a commitment to fly over a few times a year yeah. and literally I got back and a few things happened and. That's when I found out I needed to have an operation like this time, and I literally couldn't fly officially, not even. And I'm the sort of person that, you know, I will find a way, and I hate excuses. And you didn't know me at that point, and I was like, this is a horrible situation, because rightly so, you know, you when people you get all as a coach, and you know, you get all <laughs> sorts of reasons for not being able to do so. And I know that that was something that really hit me, and I, I was that was a a tough time. But um, yeah, you yeah. just pulled that back up.
2: <laughs> I pulled back, pulled back those nice, warm, fuzzy feelings. But you know what? You look half ninety percent, ninety five percent, ninety nine percent of the battle is just getting back up. It's mm. um, it's resilience, and not just business, but life. Uh, you're gonna get handed curveballs, and things are gonna happen, and. Um, you just got to keep going. You got to keep moving forward. You, you can't, you can't change what happened in the past. You can't predict the future either. You only have what's here now. It's only whatever, uh, just what's right in front of you. Yeah. You just got to keep moving forward. What choice do you have?
0: Definitely. Right. This <laughs> isn't ter- turning into a counseling session for me, but that was very, no, nice. no, I'm saying, and I, I'm not
2: saying with you. Yeah, you're right. But no, no I,
0: I, with I, everybody, I, right? Selfishly, I wouldn't mind that. I'd be like, right. Tell me <laughs> so Brian, <laughs> what does, what does, I mean, you might touch it a bit. What does fear mean to you in the, you know, in a very practical sense?
2: Um, you know, I think we all have fear. Uh, it's just, you, I think, uh, it's, it's a really tough topic because over as I've coached entrepreneurs over the years, I think a reason they don't succeed, the ones who don't succeed is because they're scared, whether they're scared of failure or believe it or not, a lot of people are uh, scared of success. Mm. They're scared that it's going to change them, that all of a sudden they're going to have to be different because in media we hear if you're, if you're wealthy, you must've did something wrong, you know, words like filthy rich. Um, So there's all this stuff. And then there's fear of things that just kind of irrational. Now people think I'm a little twisted. So I love horror movies and scary movies. I love that stuff. And as of this recording, my kids are nine, 11, 13, 15. And Ever since they've been really young, I've showed them scary movies. Uh, <laughs> now, I didn't start off with crazy, gory Friday the 13th from the time well, they're two. But more jumpy ones, or- we started off with like as soon as they were like six, goosebumps, like just starting to kind of get into that. <laughs> now, we're full-on horror movies. Um, and it's funny. I, would, I remember I took them a couple times to the movies. And even my oldest time, she was like 13. And she was watching it like this, kind of scared, like just watching um, and they would jump. And after a while, now they love it. And I just told them, I'm like, look, it's not real. It's just, it's all in your mind. It's just fear. We just got to get over that. And I don't know if there's any correlation to how that's going to be in life. I know when I was a kid, I, I started watching scary movies from the time I was eight. And I just feel like I don't have, I'm just that scared of stuff. And you <laughs> see other parents with their kids like, oh my God, my kids, they're 14, but they can't watch that. They can't watch this movie because it has like a scary cartoon scene and the kids are like they walk around terrified they're scared of everything I'm, like expose them to all that stuff uh i it's don't know
0: maybe an interesting point i didn't think it goes away but because my wife cannot handle scary movies like she would yeah. not watch a movie but on top of this it's that like you said it's better to you know show your kids and like bre- like break them in expose them to these things in the real world because I say to my wife, like, cause she, she is very like, I'm like, they can watch this and they start watching it. And they're like, Oh, and then uh, she, yeah. the thing is they're going to go around a friend's house and they're going to get it. Like,
2: you can yeah, see it anyway,
0: yeah. and, hey. and, but they're not going to be ready for Cause they're not going to be like baby steps. They're just going to be like, Oh, and then they, oh and they
2: freak it. out. And, and it's often, if it's so funny, it's, there's a, there's no, I don't know if there's a study about it, but you, you see if the mom is like, Oh, I'm terrified of scary movies. I guarantee you their kids are going to be scared too because the mom relates, Oh, we can't watch that. It's too scary. And then the kids, and then they become scared of everything. And you know, horror movies, just like life, a lot of the fear, it's in our own heads, you know, just like you're watching a movie. It's not real. Just like if you're going to put up a Facebook post and you're scared because someone might not like it or they might make a nasty comment. That's all in your head too. It's not, it's, you can't control what other people do or say. you just have to control your own response to it. And it's, um, so I started from a very young age, getting my kids. I'm like, you would, you, and they're like, I don't want to watch it too scary. I'm like, you're watching it. You're watching this day. You know, you are, I would force them to, I really, uh, almost to the point of torture, but they love them now. My nine-year-old will watch anything. We, I show them trailers for horror movies. Like, oh, I want to see that. That looks really oh,
0: scary. Awesome. Yeah. I'm a big movie fan. And like you say about it, it's like not what you see sometimes. And I'm straight away when you said that, I think of Jaws and the yeah. music and, you don't see boom, it, that's the scary yep. When you see it, it's really not that scary. But when you don't
2: see it, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, you know, that, that stuff, well, I, I think horror movies and scary movies are fun. Some people think I'm twisted. But um, I just look at life as just fun and just uh, we, like we live once. So just go for it. Yeah. Uh, don't let the fear hold you back. You, you do, see yeah. it. I you know it's there. But then you just got to go move forward. What is the kind of the scariest, most
0: challenging period in business, and with all these transitions we talked about, where you really, you know, you felt overwhelmed or under it if that if there is one, um, where mm-hmm. you're just trying new things. I, I know we I sort of titled this, you know, trying new things. And that's what, when I thought of you, I just, as I said, you you always, you know, make the changes when they're needed. And I feel like yeah. you're sticking something out of some kind of, oh, I've I've set built this up and if your heart's not there, it feels like you just you you you're confident to move on and try something new. I mean, what, right. what was the real challenge in
2: Years ago, it was probably six years ago, um, seven years ago, one, one of our nutrition companies, it was, it was built as we were like the back end for all the, every big online fitness person. We were their supplement company. They would recommend us, and they get commission. One of our top guys decided to leave and compete with us, and he's a, he's a very aggressive marketer. So I knew if that was going to happen, we were going to be in trouble. Mm. Um, and my partners disagreed with the way we handled it. Um, I thought we should have done one way. They also let's do this other. We ended I went with the majority, which was hindsight. It was the wrong decision. We should have listened to me. But anyway, uh, so that was scary because we went from do, generating all this revenue, millions and millions of dollars, within weeks. It just went off a cliff, and we and we just did a blanket order for three, four million dollars. So we went from all this profit to now I'm taking no no uh salary and now we're millions of dollars in debt that we have to pay down which took years to pay down so that was scary um so you just kind of go with it and you start thinking okay first first thing you got to do you have to live in the real world we got to dig ourselves out of the hole so we have to sell our way out and then once that's done being smart enough to recognize what happened and say, I'm never going to put myself in that situation. What was the biggest lesson learned? The biggest lesson learned business-wise was you can't rely on other people to build your business. You can't. You have to. It's nice to have other people and teams and different traffic strategies, but if you put everything on one particular traffic, or, the, number one is the most dangerous number in any business. So I knew I would never rely on other people to to drive and grow my business and I'd have to do stuff and figure out ways that I could do my own traffic or grow it myself without relying on other people. So that's why when we're building this rewind from scratch, I will not make those same mistakes. So everything in life is a learning lesson. But it was it, hey, I'm not gonna lie, that was tough. Um those are some really tough years.
0: What is some advice for people who um are not trying new things and they've had this idea or things they wanted to do and it's starting to rack up too many years they've been putting mm-hmm. off. basically fear's been There's been winning in their life. Thousands of entrepreneurs literally come to you with ideas and you've been helped them and how to actually put that into reality and, and make it happen.
2: It's take, take this big idea you have. So whatever it is, whether it's you want to create a nutrition product or whether you want to start your own podcast, you take this big thing and then you break it down into the steps. You kind of reverse engineer. Okay. If I'm going to have a podcast, what, you know, eventually I'm going to have to publish it. Okay. What's the publishing software going to be, I'm eventually I'm going to have to record it, What's the so- and you kind of work your way back, and then you start with the one simple step. Okay, maybe the first step is, what the heck am I going to call it? Or even before that, you have to figure out, who's it for? Yeah, That's it, who's it for? And okay, I'm going to give myself three days of just jumping in to who's it for, who's the market, let me really, really narrow it down till I become a clear and obvious choice, and let me start there, and then you get that little win under your belt. You write it down. I, I'm still pen and paper, old fashioned guy. I love. There's nothing like writing it down. You can't lose it. It's just it's a notebook. You write it down. Here's my thing. Here's my market. Step one done, and you celebrate every win, no matter how big, no no matter how small. Hey, I did my first ba- Facebook post. Celebrate the win with something good. Maybe for you, it's doing yoga or going for a walk or going out with your friends or seeing a movie or getting a massage, whatever, celebrate every win. And you take that momentum and say, okay, step one, step one down. Now, number two, right now. And just every, just one step at a time. Uh, And that's, that's really the key. And you take that momentum and you keep building and you keep building and you find people who support you and who will hold you accountable too. But you also have to set a deadline. That's, that's a, a tactical thing. If you're going to do a podcast, you're going to write a book, whatever it's going to be, you got to have a deadline because without a deadline, you're always going to put it off. And then you got to move with a sense of urgency. Urgency is like fuel for entrepreneurs. So you get a deadline, and you just work to hit that deadline, but small, tiny steps, and you celebrate every win along the way. That's from kind of a big overall strategic thing. That's, that's really the thing. Uh, most people, what they do is they say, podcast. Oh, what's, what software do I need? And then they start overanalyzing. Hey, what mic is that? Oh, that's the, the 45. It's, it's the most advanced super thing with a control board and knobs and all PC this stuff. Side on
0: mine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look I, at mine. This yeah. is a Sennheiser PC8 headset, which is, I don't know, on Amazon, 50 bucks. It's, it plugs right into my laptop. It's a headset, it's a headphone and a mic done could could it sound better with a special you know everyone's got the mic with the little spit thing and the knobs it and, years and to get that. <laughs> you don't need all that you don't, you don't have To start no and this is fine this is good enough you get something that's good enough it's it doesn't have to be perfect it's never going to be perfect and you start moving you know what if whatever you're doing is profitable starts making money then you could always come back and reinvest in it but you don't need it you really don't um and you get something out there Minimum viable product. You start testing it. You start asking your friends, hey, what do you think? Do you like it? And then just go. Just go. What have you got to lose? Uh, in the scope of life, you know, when you're on your deathbed, the last thing you're going to be saying, man, you know, I really wish I had that better mic with the 380 XP double That's where I slipped
0: it. up, yeah. I got the yeah. wrong mic. That's what- <laughs> right,
2: right. <laughs> no, it's going to be, I wish I had more time with my family or my wife, my kids, my husband, whatever. Um, that's the most action, yeah. yeah, that's uh, – And just put things in perspective and working with all these kids over the years and then losing my mom about eight nine years ago to cancer at 63 like this stuff just put everything into perspective for me and I just I refuse to sweat the small stuff no one's promised tomorrow just give it everything you got um, and try to impact put other people first and just try to impact as many lives as possible along the way
0: Right guys, welcome to the next Fearless episode of Fearless Week. With me here is Catherine Newton. She's a speaker trainer, manifesting magician. What does fear mean to you firstly? And thank you for being here.
4: Oh, thanks for having me and for putting this on. What a great topic to start the year, to get everyone kicked off and, and overcoming their fears, right? Because it's about this time of the year when people go into this place of like, oh, I'm just, you know, I know I should be setting goals. I know I should be doing my plan. I know I should be thinking bigger. I know I should be doing this. And we start going into the, into the shoulds and the maybes. But fear, um, fear to me is, is, is actually the opposite from what most people would express. And I would say that fear is, is not love. And anything that is not love is fear. Okay? So okay. the way that we describe that is, that is that if you are experiencing an emotion that is a low vibration, um, it has a negative aspect to it, it's making you think or feel or do or say things that aren't really your true character, then what you're doing is you're stepping into fear. And so, in that instance, Adam, it just makes sense to me to just take a moment, take a step back, and to actually ask yourself, well, what would love do?
0: Right? Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And I love, no one's coming at this angle yet. Also, <laughs> and I just want to touch base as well, just mentioned, see, people recognize the accent or might do. Coming from New Zealand, I didn't say that in the end after we spoke about it, so like Auckland, New Zealand. It's winter here. It's summer there. You look very summery. So, you know, uh, there's no natural light in here. This is, so, you know. <laughs> this is all
4: natural light, baby.
0: <laughs> the sun is shining and it's summertime and the living is easy. <laughs> yeah. So I love this love and fear. And yeah. I, I've, I've heard similar before and I've, you know, coming at that um, gratitude and filled with gratitude. It's, it's hard to be angry at the same time and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's pushing it out. So I like this concept. So tell us a little bit more about that and how, how we can maybe apply that a bit more.
4: Well, yeah, again, fear is what love is not. And when we are buying into our fear, we're listening to the stories, we're listening to the patterns, we're listening to the wounding of our past, of our past actions, to the illusion that our mind is creating, which actually, if we really stop and think, is it really true? And this is a question I love to ask my clients, I love to ask my my, my acquaintances, I love to ask myself this question. Is it really true? And if I ask myself, for example, let's just say that, you know, a lot of your listeners here will be people who are starting up their businesses, or they'll be inspired to work for themselves, or they'll be uh, ramping up their, um, their business goals. And they might be considering money, for example. So yeah. you might be fearful about money. I'm fearful that I'm going to run out of money. Well, uh, what's, what's, what's fascinating is that when you, when, you, when you sit with that and you ask yourself, is it true? Have I run out of money? Well, it's all relative because what you'll notice is that when you focus on the aspects of what you do want and you look around you and go, where have I got the ability to be able to make money? It's all around you. And when you buy into the fear, you go into that downward spiral. And so, you know, when we get into that downward spiral, and let's take money as an example, when we get into that downward spiral and we go, oh my God, I've run out of money. I don't have enough money. Uh, You know, money is the root of all my evils. (laughs) Um, everyone else has got money and I don't. That that becomes real in your mind. Mm. But it's a story you're telling yourself. And I know that, you know, your listeners are going to be savvy enough to get that. And 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 what I love to do is to shift the energy, shift the frequency of that low um, spiraling down vibration and come up into a place of curiosity. I yes. believe that we overcome fear by being curious at, at Adam. Mm. And just constantly asking yourself well, what do I want? How do I want to feel? And, and is that actually true? And nine times out of ten it's just it's just an illusion and, and when you focus on actually well where am I grateful for the things I do have? Where, where can I acknowledge that actually money is everywhere and gosh do I have a roof over my head? Do I have food in the pantry? Do I have gas in the car? You know do I have love? If I have those things then I'm, then I'm abundantly wealthy and I believe that when we get curious and ask ourselves a question, to shift ourselves out of fear and say, well, what do I want? Because I know I don't want this crap, mm. right? <laughs> this, this is the stuff that is, it's like the, the devil on your shoulder. It's like, I don't, go, go away. <laughs> I'm not interested in you. I'm gonna focus on what I do want. And when we focus on what we do want, then we, go, we shift into a place of love. And when we shift into a place of love, Adam, that's when we become manifesting magicians and we spiral ourselves up into that place of wonder, and possibility and manifesting.
0: Yeah, I love it. I just, when you're saying that, I just think of the, the difference between us, a lot of times I talk about inspiration and desperation. You know, yeah. both yeah. motivators, but like one is not a fun place to be in uh, and one and the other one is where, where you've gotta be, I believe. That's it,
4: that's it. Another way to look at that is perspiration versus inspiration, right? Because when, we pers- when we're perspiring against a goal, we're pushing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard and it's like trudging through mud. And look, you know, we all get that life is going to give us some trials and tribulations that are going to bring those experiences. But when we, can, when we can go to those experiences with a grateful heart and acknowledge and, and, yeah, be aware. I think that's the key thing for overcoming fear and stepping into that place of actually bringing into your life what you do want. It's that, it's that awareness, Adam. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that?
0: Awareness, I think, is the root of pretty much everything. Again, it's because yeah. everyone's different, and so I, I think it's so important to be aware because someone's telling you what they think, and it may be true for them. You've just got to be very aware about yourself first and what you do and what don't you don't like. And everyone's different, and you know, there's no point pretending you're like a certain person if you truly aren't, because uh, you're gonna go, you know, you're gonna go in the wrong direction. So I want to, I, you, you talk about curiosity as well, mm. and I know you have got lots, and I definitely want to talk about a prosperity plan, and we're we gonna. Got- the second half but I want to I'm curious like what is the scariest thing or situation you've ever found yourself that was not your choice as a so it's the kind of the variation of like it's not where you say oh I want to do a skydive something where you've you found yourself and it was a very scary situation or it might not be scary to other people but you were just like wow it sticks in your memory and uh, probably makes you uh, your heart rate go up a bit just thinking about it
4: yes so, sure what was interesting is that I I my first um um um, response to that was going to be that I've just um, taken up indoor skydiving ah. and, uh, you know, and so it really was that it is because it's that leap, literally that leap of faith where you've got to step off the edge and you've got mm-hmm. to do something different but I actually go back in my mind when I think about this situation where I, where I overcame something very, very quickly and uh, for any of your listeners who are parents you'll understand the, um, where, I, where I went from fear to courage in this example so, in the, in the early 90s, uh, I lived in China for five years. Okay. Uh, teaching at the international school and, and uh, working with the um, um, New Zealand embassy and, and, and the various embassies. Um, yeah. And, and uh, it was an incredible experience. One day, we were driving down the bicycle lane, which was a little naughty, but you kind of did those things back in the 90s in Beijing, right? <laughs> And it was, I had diplomatic plates, and it was like, boom, off we go. I had my girlfriend and I in the front seat, and the two babies, um, I had, um, our kids were almost probably about one, one and a half, mm-hmm. um, sitting in the back seat, windows down, it was a hot summer's day, and we get stopped by the policemen, um, and this doesn't normally happen, it's normally back in those days, a different not matter place, Kind could have got away with things, and off we went, yeah. and, uh, uh, and, and, and um, before we knew it, we were, um, literally, it was rent-a-crout, and um, the Chinese were just, fingers were in, they were touching the children, and I had visions, and that wow my greatest fear was if they take our children, we will never find them,
0: right? Because that's, that's a fear of- Yeah, that is, yeah you, yeah, you said any parent, that is just like the worst oh, thing. I mean, ever. I'm literally, i got goosebumps yeah, thinking about it, it now. Like fear for yourself definitely goes below fear for your kids, because it's like, yeah. you, no matter the worst scenario for you, if you want to crank it up a notch, imagine the same scenario, but for your children, it's, it's way worse.
4: Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, so I'm shouting at them saying, we don't, we don't, don't touch, don't touch. Mm. And, 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 and that s- instance, and this is what I find so fascinating about when we are confronted with a real-life fearful situation, is that a whole nother level kicks in. And we shift gears, and we, it's almost like it becomes an out-of-body experience. Mm. And in that moment, I made a split decision that could have resulted in absolute disaster. Imagining we had this rent crowd with us, I revved my engine, I told the Chinese that I was, uh, get, out of the, get out of the way, and I didn't say it nicely. And, uh, and, and I literally legged it, and I legged it across uh, a four-lane highway with, uh, you know, in, in, in this um, Jeep Cherokee, yeah. and this, this miracle happened. And, you know, it, it was almost like the passing of the Red Sea, Adam, <laughs> literally. People fell out of the way, and we crossed over this four-lane highway, which normally has back-to-back traffic, and for some, some, like, it's almost like, I, in that moment, I called in my higher self, I called in source energy, I called in my inner power, and I, and I, and I asked for assistance, and literally, the, the, the roads parted, and we got to the other side of this um, four-lane highway, found a place to park, and my whole body was trembling, because I knew I could have killed someone, I could have yeah. killed us. I could have lost the children. Yeah, so all of these really, I mean, my heart's racing now. Just thinking about it. But it's one of those um, literally life-changing situations. And and you know what was interesting is that from that moment on, I had a greater respect for people that uh, are put in um, fearful situations. Mm. And you know how you hear about people that end up lifting cars because they, you know, Suddenly this get the strength from, from, I don't know what came over me, but literally I felt really um, supported and, and it was a real turning point for me around my, my belief and my trust in, in the divine.
0: Wow. Yeah, tell you you me you. about <laughs> this prosperity plan. This is this oh, yeah. perfect timing.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I like to keep things really simple when it comes to my planning. Yeah. Uh, I don't like things to be overcomplicated.
0: Well, if asked, see, this is gonna be recorded, so maybe hey. the piece where you'd say, oh, spend like a minute or two minutes, or even if it's 10, yeah. 20, we can, so then they can pause and go, oh, that'd be brilliant. Awesome.
4: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a perfect way to do it. Thanks. Get yourselves a pen and paper, everyone. And uh, what we're going to do first is we're, gonna, we're going to do the first step of this process, which is the contrast process. And, and it's a step one is contrast. And what happens is that it comes back to that fear example that we used before. We'll, we, we can very easily focus on what we don't want. You know, you get together with a mate and they're having a shitty experience and this is going very well and they'll quite happily tell you, oh God, I've got these really annoying clients or I can't seem to fill my sales funnel or, uh, you know, I am end up with these dead-end contracts or, you know, and so you, you get this this downward spiral story, okay? Now, I believe that actually for for a period of time, for a short, brief period of time, we actually are allowed to give ourselves the the time and the energy in that space mm. because what it does is it creates awareness. We've already spoken about that, right? And so here's an opportunity uh, for you all now to take a few, take a few minutes mm-hmm. and actually write down on a sheet of paper. You got what you're going to do is you're going to create a, um, um, a T. Now we can all draw a T, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and on, the, uh, on this side here, so on, on the left side, you're going to write contrast. Well done, Adam. <laughs> and on the right side, you're gonna write clarity. And on the, on the contrast side, what you're gonna do is you're gonna write down all of the things that you don't want to experience in 2019. And typically what happens, Adam, is that we, this, we use this as an opportunity to, to have awareness around what didn't work in, in last year. So, uh, so focusing on what, what, what don't you want about what happened last year? What, what, what don't you want more? So I don't want lack of abundance. I don't want clients to, to quit. Uh, I don't want to get a bad reputation. I don't want to not have visibility. Uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be sad. I mean, you can literally just, whatever comes up to you. I don't want to, I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to stop training. I don't want to, uh, be stuck in my office and not be able to get out and about, Uh, I don't want to, uh, um, you know, I don't want my relationship to fail, you know, whatever it is for you, just go, you know, all the things that you tell your friends when you're sitting around having a cup of coffee or a beer and go, oh, this is, you know, this is not good, this is not good, just get, let it out. It's just a, a, it's a bitch moan and a whinge, Adam. (laughs) <laughs> so in and the, and the contrast, you go, that's when you have this opportunity to have this bitch in the wind at yourself and go, these are the things I just don't want. I don't want these things in my life. And you list all of those things. I don't want to be unhealthy. Um, I don't want to be spiritually unnourished. Uh, I don't want to uh, uh, lose my wealth. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to run out of money. I don't want to be hard on myself. Uh, I don't want to get fat. What it, whatever those things are that are most important to you. And then what you do is you once you've got your list, and so yeah, good time to, for people to stop uh, um, the, the, the uh, video now and actually go through it and, and and give yourself some time through this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now we'll now that you've done that exercise, <laughs> we go into the other side of it, which is um which is once you've done that, go into gratitude. Take a moment and just be in gratitude. So that's step two is being, being in gratitude for all of the things that this contrast list has given you, right? So, so if we are grateful for our mistakes, we are grateful for, for things that haven't worked, we're grateful for uh, the, the aspects of ourselves that, that didn't show up in a way that we wanted to last year, then we can recognize it and we can, and, and we can just take a moment and be grateful for the lessons and learn from them, right? So, and then we get into the third step, right? Which is the clarity piece, and that's when we go. So, for example, l- l- give me give me a, a contrast that you don't want in, in twenty nineteen,
0: Adam. Mm. You don't want. I don't want to let anger creep in in, in any size so I mean, I literally want to be more and more. If I see myself in five years, I want to be like the Zen master. You just awesome, that
4: that's and a you really know. great example. Yeah. So, so, therefore, would that be something like, I don't want to react to situations yeah, in a negative I'm way? Yeah, i but I want to get better. Yeah. yeah, 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 and, yeah. and you know, yeah. so you don't want to re- react negatively um, in situations and feel anger rising. okay? So that's a really good one, because that's important in business and life and relationships and love yeah. with ourselves. And so then what you do is, let's just say that that's one of your contrasts, right? So then you look at that and you go, you say to yourself, Adam, so, I know I don't want to react negatively in situations and feel anger rising. What do I want?
0: I just want to be, you know, calm, cool, collected in the most adverse <laughs> situations. And I know everyone stretches themselves. Yes. Uh, you never, you never know. This is part of fearless, but you never know how you're going yes. to react. Still, you're in that situation like you did in yes. that, that extreme situation. Exactly right. Yes. Yes. Stre- yeah, I just want to be, you know, remain calm. Um, in the Most adverse situation. Yeah, so calm.
4: Right. So I want to respond to life situations in a calm and collected manner that lifts my vibration and creates harmony. Yes. Then then what you do is you you actually um, cross out the contrast. So as you cross out the contrast, you go right the, the clarity. So what do I want? And then what you notice is that I added, I embellished I said other words, I talked about harmony, I talked about response. So then once you've done all that, and this is a good chance for people to stop the video again and then go through and write down all of the things that they do want in 2019, an exact response to what they don't want, okay? So you're asking yourself, you're crossing it out, you're putting putting the positive aspect. And then from there, you set your intentions. You take each one of those and you literally write out on another sheet of paper or, or on your laptop, I put mine on my phone. I set my intention that 2019 will be the year that I, mm. and then you'll say, you know, stay in that zen place yeah. and act calm and it. Yeah. And so that's one of them. And so what you're doing is, you, is each one of these, you're, you're writing down that, that I set the intention that 2019 is the year that I, And 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 you're claiming this space, right?
0: Yeah.
4: And then the last point, once you've done all that, the last point I feel is last
0: section here, yeah.
4: Yeah. The the last section of this point is 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 the the fifth point here is is actually what I would say is self-support, right? What's needed from here is uh, is practices and rituals, and habits that are going to bring your greatest desires to you.
0: Right, welcome everyone to the next Fearless episode. With me here is Jv Crum third, the author, best-selling author of The Conscious Millionaire. So this is perfect because we're going to be talking about financial fears and a whole load of other stuff. We've just been doing a little bit pre-interview stuff. It's going to be a good one. You've got to listen to this. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that brief intro? I know there's a few things you mentioned before the introduction, but... Great book, highly recommend it. Oh, you mean
3: the true stuff. That's true stuff, I can say. We are getting straight to you. You know, I I do have these little small podcasts that have 12 million listeners in 190 countries. We've got six podcasts, Radio Network, Conscious Millionaire. So, JV, thank you for being here today. Exciting, but I'm excited to be here with you because, folks, I've got a unique view about this fear stuff. I think that uh, people have been selling you a story that's not necessarily true, and I want to kind of awaken you so that you can take your alpha and go out there and accomplish anything you want, because I know if you're listening today, you are a high performer.
0: Awesome. We met originally at PodFest in 2017. He's been on my show. He's in my book. I've been on his show, and yeah, chuck out as general as this, and you can go which way you want. What does fear mean to you? And I really want to obviously focus it in a bit on financial fears, but fear in general to you, what, what does it mean to you?
3: Yeah, such a great question, Adam. Uh, so fear to me, because I've had lots of fear in my life, trust me. And part of the reason I've had so much fear is that I'm an adventurous kind of guy. And I have ventured outside that comfort zone as kind of a way of living. Like, it's not something I do every once in a while. It's the way I wake up in the morning and go, okay, what can we do today that kind of scares the bleep out of us? Because the truth is, I work just with entrepreneurs, business owners, business coaches. And if you really want to excel, you know, get to your six figure, then I like getting people to the seven figure and really make a mammoth impact, but also get big money You've got to get out of what we call that comfort zone. You've got to be bold. You've got to be willing to go out there and do things that are scary. Like whether and it could be anything. Let's say that you're speaking. So like I'm actually speaking this week at an event, but I've never spoken in front of 10,000 people, but I want to, in fact, my vision is I want to speak in front of 100,000 people. Oh, I but like the it. The truth is the moment before I go on that stage, man, I'll probably be about ready to throw up. It's just like, <laughs> it right? I'm just, look, we're all human beings here. Let's just be adults about this whole matter. Yeah. So fear is wanting to do something as a high performer that takes you to another mountain cop. And it's so amazing that it just scares you to your core. Mm. Folks, that's where your big breakthrough will come through. Because I'm going to reference something. My father died almost eight years ago. And I we have four eulogies. I did the final one. And I made a decision when he had a stroke. He was 90 years old that I was going to do a eulogy. Now, for me at that moment in time, because he was my best friend, I'm like going, I have no idea, seriously, how I will get through it. I'm like imagining me just like sobbing all the way through it. I'm going, this is not going to be good. But you know what? I got through it and it was amazing. And the next day I asked myself what I and you and every high performer on the planet ask after we get through something that is so mammoth, we at our core really question if we can do it. What's next? That's what I said the day after my dad's funeral. And if I can give the eulogy for my dad's funeral as close as we were, I can do bigger things. And so that's really, I just want to issue a challenge. All my shows I give challenges on, I want you right now to think of something that would be amazing if you accomplished it and it just scares you to your core, Mm -hmm. right? Because breaking through that, making a commitment, getting laser focused that you're going to do it, will transform your life and you will be so much more valuable to the world because you'll be able to play at a bigger level, make a bigger impact, and you'll be able to make bigger money because you broke through that. So Adam, that's my take on fear is that it's the stuff that helps us grow and get to our next level.
0: Love it. And I know we was talking before the interview about false evidence
3: <laughs> uh, oh yeah all right so let's you know like <laughs> i know that line, you've read ahead. this in a book you've heard it at probably many different
0: it's mentioned here um, as well but I'm I was like, jb was on fire before the interview so i'm just gonna let him go again
3: <laughs> so false evidence appearing real look i'm a practical guy i work with people would pay me 25, 50000 a year. Those people don't want to mess around. They want to go someplace. So if I start telling them, hey, you know, being afraid of going out and being in front of 10,000 people, it's just false evidence. They're going to fire me. And they should, because it's a lie. The truth is that stuff I've been talking about that scares you to your core, it's real. Mm. If you can't make your car payment, it's real to be afraid they're going to come like, take it during the night. That's real. If you're trying to close clients, but they don't close, that's real fear. And so what you need to do is embrace the fear and say, yes, I'm going to become friends with you because by the way, I'm just going to walk on past you. You're not holding me back, but you've got to start by acknowledging the truth that you are feeling this fear, and that the fear of somebody coming and getting your car if you don't pay the payment is real. Start there, and you're going to perform at a much higher level. Which version of reality will get you the fastest growth and take you to the highest mountaintop? And I guarantee it, forget whether it's true or not, If you just take responsibility for everything that happens in your life and you say, I'm not living, you have the heart attack, you go to the hospital and you just tell those people you're not dying, right? You take responsibility for everything. I guarantee you, you will live at your highest level. You'll get your highest results. You'll make your most money. You'll impact the most people and you'll be at your happiest. And my number one positive emotion, so I just want to mention it you will have the most joy
0: possible. Awesome. I, I, I love it. And this it remi- every time I speak to you, it reminds what, me why I keep bringing you back and we keep interacting and why you're in the book and why I love your book. Full responsibility. I'm completely on board with it. I think it's a, absolutely essential. Um, wow. You're on fire. I mean, we the 20 minutes has just flown. We're more like 25 minutes. I mean, JB, just in. I mean, if that doesn't sum it up enough, is there anything else you want to leave us with in terms of finances, fear, just anything around that? And I, I know you obviously that was very um, conclusive, what you just did, but the floor is yours to finish.
3: Well, you know, I want to give you another challenge. If you've not yet gotten to your first million, I'm obsessed with people getting there. It changes your life. It changes the way you live. It changes how you can care for your family, for your friends, for your parents, whoever it is, the causes that you could donate to. It changes how big you can build your business so that now you can impact more people. And one of my favorite words, scale your business, right? Can't scale it till you got something going that's really getting somewhere. I want to challenge you that in no more than three years, I don't care where you are right now because you know I'm not interested in your excuses at all. So let's just be clear about that. No matter where you are right now, within three years, I want you to absolutely have made your first million. And if you're in a position that you can make it this year, great. But I want you to know you can do it in three years or less. And I want you to make that commitment today that you are getting to your first billion.
0: Welcome to the next episode of Fearless Week. With me here is John Blake, a sales expert. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, TEDx keynote speaker and mindset specialist and coach. Best-selling author of the book, Awaken Your Alpha, that John is actually featured in. And he was one of the third, or well, episode number three of the podcast, over almost 5 years ago um I used for launch day cuz he's an inspirational bloke and how he overcame his adversity and also an expert in his field so we're going to talk about high stakes selling fear and everything in between john blake from australia welcome to the show thank you for your time today
5: mate great to be here good to chat to you again can't believe it's been what since 2014
0: yes we we've been we've touched base a little bit but not yeah. a good, not a good chunk like this uh, yeah yeah whole, yeah I'm always coming up with ways, excuses to speak to you, and uh, so this one's it's worked. Good. Yes.
5: Yeah, definitely. It's all so, good. Um, Stoked to be here um, to uh, chat to you again and and to talk about fear. Awesome.
0: Well, we we touched. Uh, we just did a little run of this for about two minutes, and I realised for some reason it wasn't recording. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> very spontaneous question. What does fear yeah. mean to you?
5: Well, I I think I mean I, there's two things that come to mind. There's there's obviously you know some of the things that. That um, that that I uh, you know have some fear around, but the probably the one that I'm more I'm more aware of is you know s- some of the fear that I encounter when I'm dealing with clients, um, and uh, it's it's quite bizarre. When, you know when you when you're talking to somebody and you know that the the thing that they're worried about is just absolutely inaccurate you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's an absolute fallacy. And, and and I think one of the most satisfying things as a coach is, is really helping somebody through that. Um, so, you know, so there, there's an example that comes to mind. I've got a client who, who, um, I worked with for, um, probably about a year or so now, and she's got this incredible, uh, service that she provides where she, Sources lists of potential candidates for legal firms. Yeah. And uh, it's a whole new business because she's not a recruiter. She's just somebody that keeps a a list of, I guess what you might call, uh, you know, potential, uh, you know, associates or or partners for legal firms. And, and it's, it's an informal process where she really just hands over. She, she vets all the candidates Then she hands them over to the actual firm and it can, you know, given that they pay a, um, you know, they'll they'll pay a recruitment agency 30%. It's literally a a, a service that can save your average law firm, you know, a minimum, like conservatively, you know, 1.5 to to 2 million bucks a year if they're they're recruiting actively, which most of the growing legal firms are. And, um, so, you know, we helped her put her offer together and, you know, she's, she, you know, articulate, you know, what she was doing in a way that people would, would, you know, really succinctly see that as an opportunity. And she teed up all of these appointments because um, uh, obviously I'm in Perth, which is the western side of Australia. And she teed up all these appointments, you know, for the east coast of Australia and Sydney. She had about six of them. And about three days before she was due to leave, she started to get really nervous. And she's like, Oh, you know, they're lawyers. You know, I'm going to get eaten alive. And I don't know, like that. And I just said, Hang on, hang on. <laughs> what are you talking about? I said, you're, you're, gonna, you're talking to partners of legal firms. So, partners, by definition, share in profits, right? If you're a partner of a legal firm, you're sharing in profits. You're going to help them. To put a minimum of $1 million onto their bottom line. It's right? like,
1: yeah.
5: what part of that is not going to be valuable or, or attractive to them? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just so cool to see the fear just sort of yeah. dissolve, you know? And, and it was like, just through, and through just
0: the power of like that sounding board, that coach just to like every now and then. Yeah. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. Like, left to yourself sometimes them little self doubts creep in it's just human nature and they can become huge or like they can be squashed quite early sometimes.
5: And so, so that sort of, you know, like bolstered her, you know, I guess, you know, dissolve that. And then, and then of course, you know, the week after she flew over to the East coast and she had all these meetings and um, it just went so well, like it, and and, you know, she knew what she wanted. She just wanted, you know, monthly retainers from, you know, from you know, some of these people that she, that she'd, um, that she'd identify because that's her, her value um, proposition. And just the, the situation she's in, she's a new mum. She just wants to do the work from home, just wants to get a retainer from these guys. And she got everything she wanted and it was just such an awesome, awesome outcome. Um, and she just absolutely killed it. She she, um, yeah, she smashed it. And it was a totally new service. Like she just came up with this idea to do it. And, wow.
0: And yeah. uh, so I know your story really well. And, um, I don't want to take you back to a dark place, but I, I've been asking a lot of the guests as well. And I don't know what you're going to say, but I, I may have yeah. an idea. But I mean, um, what was one of the scariest or fearful situations you've ever been in that was not by choice? Cause obviously that kind of, I'm going to ask almost the two questions, something that you've gone, Oh, I'm going to do this. And other things like, Oh, this is happening to me. And I've got to, you know, I've got to react to it. Yeah. Well,
5: I mean, obviously, you know, looping back to, um, you know, to two thousand and ten, mm. uh, which is when my um, my late wife was diagnosed as being terminal. Um, you know, that was, I mean, that you know, it's interesting that the whole the whole process and, and obviously you know there's a there's a happy ending to this story because I've remarried, my kids have got a um, you know an amazing mum and you know our relationship's fantastic and it just works brilliantly. Um, you know, but back then. The, the the most the most fearful moment in that whole process from from being um, having a, a wife that's diagnosed as being terminal with a five month old son and um, a, and a three and a half year old daughter was just holy crap how am I going to do this you know how am I going to and, and it was really just coming to grips with this is what you're going to be having to do. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, and, and it was and, and as, as daunting as it was, it was really just not dwelling on the fact that um, that not not dwelling d- dwelling on it was like just getting used to it, getting used to it, getting used to it. And, um, you know, probably a more recent um, example of this, um, you know, different and but, but one that was but that was by choice, but the process is exactly the same. Um, I recently went um, on a surf trip with my brother and one of my best mates from school to um, West Zimbabwe. And West Zimbabwe... I was going to
0: ask you about surfing. I was like, how can I yeah. get surfing into this conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh
5: um, well, uh, no, you don't have to try too hard to know, get me to talk
0: about surfing. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: that I've been surfing, but I haven't surfed, you know, big powerful waves yeah. much, you know, at all since sort of 2011. So, you know, uh, we get there on the first day and it's me and my brother and one of my best mates from school and it's huge. Like it's, there's no one out, it's, it's about, it's, it's 10 to 12 foot. There's no one out, um, there's massive closeout sets um, and but, but it's kind of one of the only options that you can surf. So it's like either we're going out here or we're not surfing. Yeah, all <laughs> so, or
0: nothing, yeah. So, But
5: so I I gotta tell you, for the first two days, and I've been surfing for 40 years, you know, I've surfed 10 foot waves, I've surfed in Hawaii. But because I hadn't surfed big waves for for a number of years, I gotta tell you, I was absolutely crapping myself. Like I, I was sitting out there and like I you know, I wasn't even talking. Yeah. And and so literally for the first two days, I was absolutely crapping myself. And it, and it took me, you know, of, you know, the first day I only went out for probably about, you know, 20 minutes, second, second day I went out for about 30 minutes. And so by the third day, it, it hadn't, you know, it got a little bit smaller, but it was still, you know, pretty massive. So it just took me like that two days of just forcing myself to go out there. And, and by, by day three, I was fine. But it was, it was really just my own um, reactions to what was going on. It was just like I could feel myself, you know, getting sort of really hyped up and, re- you know, revved up and, and um, you know, almost sort of semi going into shock in this situation, which, which, you know, part of me was going, what are you doing? You know, like you've been serving for 40 years. <laughs> You know why are you getting worried about this? And it was just because I'd kind of semi lost my nerve a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, but that that's a very a, a very recent um, example of 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 how fear can sort of creep back into something that. Yeah, and it's, um,
0: it's interesting. Do you think you are probably more at risk from getting absolutely smashed because, like you say, you you almost too like too scared and like almost freaking out to a certain point. Like,
5: yeah, it's, it, it, it really is all in your head because you know, within three days because I'd got myself back used to it. It was just like I'd kind of lost my nerve and it just took me two days to sort of just condition myself to sort of get back into it um, and, and, and get to a point where I was comfortable out there again. <laughs> There's a pretty interesting story. Um, when this whole I whole first...
0: episode could be about surfing. Let's <laughs> <do
4: that.
5: laughs> when I... This is actually an interesting story. When I first moved to Sydney, um, I, um, I was living in Maroubra this was back in about 91 and um and at this particular point in 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 my life I, i wasn't particularly fit you know i'd been living in sydney and you know eating out a lot and you know drinking quite a bit and all the rest of it and there was this one day where i where we drove down to cronulla um which is about an hour south from you know where we were and it was huge like the surf was really big and i haven't really surfed cronulla that much but um I paddled out and there's a there's a rip that that takes you from the from the beach breaks it's a really strong rip that takes you from the beach breaks all the way around this bay if you get caught in that rip there's actually the locals have a name for it they call it the voodoo express because if you get caught in it it'll take you all the way around the bay to this other break called called voodoo and so I I paddled out and I got one wave and I pulled through the back of it because it it closed out and my leg rope snapped so I'm sitting about 200 meters to 250 meters out to sea in this rip and I've so I've got to swim in
0: I have to say rip ties they scare the crap out of me when I came to Australia people were telling me all about them and like you say like you're getting it and you just if you don't know where you are they scare the crap out of me and
5: and at this point at this point I was I was, you know, not fit at all. You know, I was, I was really quite unfit. I swam for, for a wave to, you know, come in on my, you know, to body surf in on and my, my wetsuit, um, had a faulty uh, Velcro fastener at the back. I zipped it back up again, but now I'm full of water. <laughs> like my wetsuit's full of water. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's, it's kind of like the Michelin man, like trying to swim along in a wetsuit full of water. And, and this rip is not letting me you know come in much at all. And I'm like, whoa. So I'm thinking, okay, well, what are my options here? What am I gonna do? Um, and I thought, okay, well, what I can probably, the easiest thing to do is to take this wetsuit off and just swim in without it on. And then I realized that I wasn't wearing any Speedos underneath it.
0: <laughs> You're like, get naked
5: so, or
3: die. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so what,
5: what that would have meant is that because it was a big day, <laughs>
0: going on the beach i'm alive everyone. yeah
5: <laughs> because it was a big day there were people all over the beach you know there were people in the, the car park was chocolate you know everyone was checking out you know yeah. what was going on at the beach. so i thought okay so if it means drowning and walking up the beach nude i think i'm cool I, you know i think i can pull that off I, I think i'm happy to do that and then i and then i thought well i'm not at that point yet <laughs> where i <laughs> Where I have to take Let's this see website If I'm off. really
0: gonna die, yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. So, so I thought oh, I'll just, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. So I ended up getting a wave, and, and you know, by this stage, I, you know, I was, I was starting to get, you know, pretty, you know, bothered, and you know, I was yeah. like pretty fussed and stuff. And then um, a, a bodyboarder ca- came past, and I actually grabbed his leg, and he towed me for about probably it was probably only about twenty or 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 th- maybe you know maybe twenty meters or something. Yeah. Um, but it was enough to sort of get me out of the danger area yeah. so I could sort of swim in and I didn't end up having to take my wetsuit off. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. that,
0: nah,
5: that, was, that was pretty touch and go. That was pretty touch and go. Yeah, um, that's,
0: that's some scary stuff, how it can turn yeah. so quickly. Right. I mean,
5: I've, I've been smashed a long time, you know, a number of times when I've been surfing, but that, that's a pretty, pretty interesting mm-hmm. example.
0: We are gonna talk about high stakes selling. So it's like yeah. 80, well, 90% about surfing and then we're gonna talk yeah. about high stakes selling. Perfect,
5: that's a good metaphor for my life actually. I <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. love it, love it. So yeah. this is, yeah. I'm definitely gonna call this just yet. Yeah, surfing and high stakes selling. Just yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> talk to us about the mentality around, um, not just selling, let's just go straight because we haven't got much time now, to high stakes selling, because I suppose everything is just amplified and why some yeah. people are good at and why some people really just cannot do it so well, um, and the psychology around fear. And I suppose if someone's investing a large amount of money, their own fears and how you kind of work with that. So, you know, tell us your thoughts around this whole concept.
5: Yeah, okay, cool. So, so the reason that I call the book High Stakes Selling is because if you are in a sales role, and, and, and especially if you're in a purely commissioned sales role, or if you, if your own, if you own your own business, every month when you get to the end of the month, if you've had a good month, then that's fantastic and you, know, you should give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. But at the end of that month, you, you, you die a, a metaphorical death. And on the first of the next month, you are reborn with a whole new set of challenges, a whole new set of, um, of numbers that you've got to hit, a whole new set of strategies that you've got to come up with and a whole new set of competitors that could be enter- entering the market. So if, if you have a business, you, you know, you've pretty much got it, you've got it all on the line. You know, I, I, I had a really good month three months ago, but that doesn't mean crap today. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah. I've got
5: I've to basically, you know, think about right now.
0: I'm sure there's a, it's good to have a healthy bit of, about these things to motivate you, but tell us some of the strategies that maybe someone who's doing very well, you'd be confident they're doing some of these strategies in their, you know, their commission-based selling or just in their conversations. Uh,
5: you know uh, uh, what all of this really boils down to is mindset, and so in the in the one-day professional sales masterclass that I that I run, the, in the in the first session on on at, at in the morning on on the first day we talk about mindset and um you know mindset's interesting because it's it's the filter through which all of our communication um goes and so if unless our mindset's good um then you know then whatever comes out of our mouth and and however we show up will be compromised yeah so at the, at the base, you know, we, we tend to sort of draw like a, a, a triangle. And, and at the base, you, you know, you, you, at the core of everything that you do is your mindset. And your mindset around selling specifically is how you feel about you. So how you feel about yourself. So if you are 10 kilos overweight or, or 10 kilos heavier than you know you should be or that you would feel comfortable... Then that, that is a you know that, that's a minus point in terms of how you feel about yourself. Yeah. If you're having a um, you know a, a relationship problem with your um, with your spouse, then that is a negative point in terms of how you feel about yourself. So so your um, your mindset comes down to how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your product that you sell. Yeah. And how you feel about your company's ability to be able to deliver on the promises that you make. So you need to be a 10 out of 10 in all, all three of those things. So um, so as it relates to yourself, if you're, um, you know,
0: if,
1: if
5: you I'm don't with look at this, way- I,
0: think, I, think, I think if there's a chink in the armour, especially yeah. if you're, you know, an honest, you've got, you've got morals and stuff, if there's a chink in an armour, one of them three, it really just undercuts it. It just pulls the rug from under. But also, like you say, if you can get to them tens, then like the, the selling, it's just like, of course, because especially you, know, you believe in everything and you, you know, you, you know, you're trying to ultimately get, help someone, basically. Yeah,
5: yeah, totally. So, so as it relates to your mindset, um, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your product, how you feel about your company's ability to deliver on your promises that you're making um, in, in that product, they all have to be 10 out of 10. In terms of behavior, what, how that shows up on a day-to-day basis, the three points there is what you write, so a lot of people don't realize that how they feel about themselves, how they feel about their product and how they feel about their, their company, it, it, it shows up in how you write. So if you're writing to a client, um, and I often use the example, you know, have you ever received a text message from someone and you've looked at it and gone, well, something's not right there. You know what I mean?
0: Right? You
5: know what I mean? It could be like a three or a four word text and you're like, whoa, okay, something's not <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You know, 96% of communication is nonverbal. So your body language, um, how you sound, how you talk, you know, all of that comes through the filter of, of, of mindset, you know, before anyone ever reads it, um, sees it, or hears it. And then in terms of um, your, your results, what does that relate to? It, it relates to what your clients see what your clients read and what your clients hear. So it's absolutely no accident whatsoever that we start the day with, you know, these are the things that need to be in alignment. It's not to say that you won't sell anything, but you won't, you won't be firing off all cylinders unless you can address, you know, all of those things. So if you feel great about how you look, if you feel great about, you know, you know, everything that's going on at home and your relationships are great and you're getting enough exercise and you're getting enough sleep and your diet's good, then you know, that's gonna show up in how you show up. And and I think it all comes back to, you know, how centered you are and, and and how confident you are in in all of those those foundational sort of parts of it. Right. And and that also loops back to that conversation that we're having with my client that is working with the lawyers, you know. All we needed to do um, was to just, you know, um, you know, re- recalibrate a couple of those little things in terms of her mindset, and then, you know, she was able to walk into those those meetings the week after feeling bulletproof.
0: John, it's been an absolute pleasure today. I'm loving this, and I'm aware if we keep going, it's mainly for my own benefit. It's, I'm just enjoying the conversation, but this has been. Yeah, and yeah. I know we're already over, so. No, it's all good. Uh, I can't wait to share surfing and selling. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Why not? The awaken Your Alpha Podcast. Live limitless.
0: Please do jump across and grab your copy ayalpha.com forward slash book. And even though you missed the official launch, if you can hit me up and chuck up a brief review, I can get you over. Email me as well. I can grab. I can send you over. Claim your Clarity video series that is getting great response already. Cheers. On Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive, the book is out.
4: Yes. Yes. so yes, so, So great. So great, Adam. And yeah, keep up the great work and keep inspiring us. Oh, cheers. Thank you.